Welcome. Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. That's all we want. A pure word. If the Lord said it, we believe it. We examine the word of God, focusing on the book of Acts Church to follow their example, taking a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire has always been and will be to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We need it. We need that today. We need to stop playing church. We need to start being the church. And to do that, we got to dig deeper into Scripture and find the church the Lord intended. <coughs> Excuse me, I got all choked up. Find the, the, the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. Church age is not over. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want more, then join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us, send us an email to the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, and we hope that you will, we'd like to see um, Firefall, Firefall Talk Radio, Firefall Media Group begin to expand its reach and the th- things we do and get the projects done. Go to firefalltalkradio.com for ways to do so. If you need more information, just write to us. We appreciate your support and encouragement for those of you that do. Every time I see it come in, however it comes in, just know that I am thankful and uh, I pray for you and I pray for everybody who's a part of the porch community. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you are. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Interact with us. Become a part of our community. If you need prayer, let us know. If you need help, Like I said, we don't have a lot, but if we can help, we will. If you need a Bible, we'll get you one. If you have a special need that falls into the category of SRT, we're not taking any new cases currently at the moment, but you write us anyway, and then we'll pray about it and see what the Lord says. Father, we come to you this day, July 5th, 2023, as we do every day to tell you we love you. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, you are awesome. You loved us when we were unlovable. You made a way for us because you wanted to be with us. And boy, do we want to be with you. But for now, we're here. We thank you for Yeshua. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the upper room, the empty tomb, the power, the fire, everything that goes with it. We thank you for our brothers and sisters and the family that we are. We are your church, living, alive, breathing. Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us tonight. Help us to understand. Help us to receive, change us, mold us, melt off of us what needs to be melted and harden those areas that need to be strengthened. Do what the fire does. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you want to do. First of all, we pray protection upon the technology, upon us, our homes, our families, our pets, our possessions, everything we have. We clear our minds. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah claiming the mind of Messiah, casting down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of Elion God Most High, our Abba Father. We ask for healing, Lord. I'm going to add that to it. We ask for healing. We ask for heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit healing to be made whole to be able to run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, rise up with wings as eagles. Now, Holy Spirit, this is for you 
This is your time. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Okay, get those Bibles open. Let's get ready. First Thessalonians 5, starting verse 16. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Messiah Yeshua. This week on Facebook, John Bevere, who's a minister, a teacher, an author, a speaker, he posted something, and it triggered this week's Bible study. He said, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's a two-way conversation between you and the Lord. If the Word of God says pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, then this means that he is willing to communicate with us without ceasing. This does not mean that God will speak nonstop that he's willing to communicate ceaselessly. The question is, are we willing? That's the question. Are we willing? And he posted um, a note from his iPhone. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. The Lord asked me once, is prayer a dialogue or a monologue? I replied, it's a dialogue, Lord, a two-way conversation. Then he said, well, if I said to pray without ceasing, that means I'm willing to communicate with you without ceasing. If we're willing, so is he. Prayer is a vital part of our lives, and I know some of you struggle with this. Oh, you can do a quick little prayer, a little shotgun into the heavenlies, maybe a form prayer that you got many years ago that you count on. But two-way dialogue between you and your Heavenly Father, between you and your Lord, for whatever reason, is difficult. We'll start out this way. We're commanded to pray. To always pray for everything and about everything. Prayer is our lifeline to the throne room. Prayer is our connection to the heart and mind of God. And interaction is based upon relationship and not ritual. I know I've told you this, but being raised Roman Catholic, we were taught ritualistic prayers. And I could pray them. I could say the Our Father, the Hail Mary, but I could shotgun it out across the room. I wasn't thinking about what I was saying. Probably didn't mean it. But I was just praying. I was told to pray, so I did was never a big fan of the rosary beads. I didn't see the importance of them then, I don't, and I definitely don't see it now. But the point is, that was ritual. That wasn't relationship. That wasn't sitting down with the Lord and just talking. I remember way back when, when I was in Tallahassee, after leaving New York City to be with my family, and watching something. I was just sitting there by myself. I don't know why I was by myself at that moment. Maybe Deb was at a rehearsal or something. I don't know. And I'm watching the TV. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I hear the Lord say, what are you watching? Huh? What? What are you watching? And I'm thinking, you want to know what I'm watching? And I said that. I said, Lord, I and I told him what I was watching. It was something simple. And he said, hey, I want to spend time with you. I want to be a part of your life, even when you're just watching TV. 
And that began interaction with him on every level, no matter where I am, in the gym, in the shower, in my car going somewhere, outside with the dog. It doesn't matter. I'm always talking to him. I'm always interacting with him. And that keeps me plugged into the spirit. And that keeps me plugged into him. See, in the Bible, prayer is both simple and complex. It's both narrow and wide. You can do what's called supplications for the benefit of others or for yourself, which is a petition, or intercede. But no matter what, it's an act of worship, which covers all the attitudes of your soul in its approach to God. Supplication is at the heart of it, for prayer always springs out of a sense of need or a belief for you or someone else that God, your Father, your Abba, is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, Hebrews 11.6. But adoration and confession and thanksgiving also finds a place so that the petitioner becomes a worshiper. See, I've had a week of prayer. I've been dealing with some back and hip issues that are the end result of years of bodybuilding, martial arts, uh, bodyguard work. Um, I don't want to say fighting. I was never a brawler. That was never my thing. I mean, I could. And I did, but it wasn't something I sought to do. I knew people that loved to go out on Saturday nights and just get into fights. That wasn't me. If you know, if I was going to close up my fist, it wasn't just to have fun, which really didn't make getting a black belt very easy. I had overcome that mindset. But everything, everything. Is about worshiping him. Once I became saved, once I became born again, once I became filled with the Holy Spirit, it's all about him. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's happening, I am interacting with him. I am desperate for him. I am desperate to have more of him. I am desperate to hear his voice and to hear, even hear his breath, to hear the whisper in the whirlwind. And I know that someday when I'm out of this broken body and I don't need to pray anymore for help, for the pain or whatever, and I'm with him, I can tell you right now, I know that I know that I know I am never going to be anywhere where I cannot see him or hear him. So I've been praying a lot this week. I pray for you each and every day if I know your name. And I'm not telling you this because I want your, uh, you to think more of me. I'm just telling you the truth. I go through my list, and I get to the porch community, and I get to you by name if I know you and your family. And if I don't know you by name, I just pray, and the Lord knows who you are. Because some of you, many of you, don't have a shepherd standing in between you and the wolves who need someone to keep them at bay, who don't have a sheepdog for the great shepherd. So I pray for you. I cover you. Well, prayer is vital to our standing in the kingdom of God. It holds everything together. It's the reason For everything. You look at the armor of God in Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Then Paul ties it all together. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. See, Paul wasn't above asking for prayer. He wasn't above saying, hey, pray that I can speak the gospel in any situation, in prison, out of prison, in chains, out of chains. We should be praying for one another. We should be interceding. We should be petitioning. We should be covering. And you may think, well, my prayers have no power. That's not true. If they're from your heart and they're in his name, they've got tremendous power. We've been called to stand both individually and collectively against the devil's schemes. And we're in a spiritual battle that takes place against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. A battle, an everyday, every moment battle against a ferocious enemy that never sleeps, never takes a break. Well, guess what? That requires an equally ferocious response. Ferocious, persistent prayer. So take up that armor. React to the threat. There's faith in place. Pray. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's us. The church, this corporate entity, doesn't declare who saints are. We are. Paul's talking about the believers, the born-again believers. We're the saints of God. And the great thing about the Word is that the Word confirms itself. That scripture from Ephesians six eighteen is also confirmed in Luke eighteen one, and then he, being Yeshua, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Colossians one three. We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, praying always for you. Colossians four two. Continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. First Thessalonians 5.17, as we've already said, pray without ceasing. Matthew 26.41, in the garden, when the Lord comes back and they're asleep, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray, church. Wake up. Don't you see what's going on out there? Don't you see what's happening to your children, to those that you love? Pray. Prayer keeps you strong and it keeps you prepared. The Spirit guides you, helps you. Paul contrasts mental prayer with prayer in the Spirit, prayer that arises from the Spirit of God within us. 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen. I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, that is, within the Holy, the Holy Spirit within me. And I will also sing with understanding. It's a mutually beneficial joint effort in prayer between you and the Holy Spirit. Who's there to walk with you? Who's there to teach you? You may think, well, I, I can't do this, Richard. I don't know the Scriptures like you. I can't learn it. I can't have this forceful aspect, yeah, you can, because you have access to the same Holy Spirit I do. Jude one twenty, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does this for you and with you. Try this. The next time you go to pray, the next time you say, okay, 
I heard it. I heard what Richard said. I'm going to try it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Open yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Help me find the right words. And then wait and listen. And just do. Whatever comes to mind, do it. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. At all times, on every occasion, believers are to make prayer a way of life. Turn your whole life into prayer. Turn the TV off. Turn whatever distracts you off. Like I said, you go to the gym, pray. Wherever you are, pray. Not simply for yourselves, but for believers everywhere, all of God's people. There are people being tortured tortured and slaughtered for their faith in Yeshua. There are people that are homeless. They're broken. They've lost everything. Pray for them. You don't have to know who they are. As they come to mind, just pray. I know I've told you this, but it's always stuck with me. During a period of time where I needed deep intercession, there was a lot going on. And the Lord just told me that there was, he woke up, this elderly woman somewhere. I could see her in the spirit. He woke her up to pray for me. She didn't know me. She didn't know my name. But she was praying in the spirit for me. He'll do that for you. He probably already has. Praying always. General prayers, specific petitions, all believers, all occasions. Be perseverant and patient. Stay alert. You think the enemy takes downtime? No. Yeah, of course, they've got supernatural bodies. They don't need a break. They don't need to sleep. But even their human counterparts, you know what they do? And I know this because they've done it to me. The witches and the Satanists, they'll set up a candle somewhere that they've somehow dedicated to you. And somebody will be in front of that candle cursing, incantating, casting spells day and night. That candle will never be left alone until the assignment has been achieved. I can tell you right now, the assignments never got achieved, and what they sent to me went back to them. Luke 18, verse 1, the parable of the persistent widow. Then Yeshua spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet this widow troubles me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? The Lord tied faith and persistent prayer together. You think it's important? Look at Luke 11. He teaches on prayer again. Starting in verse 5, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, 
lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because he of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Knocking. Hey, I need that bread. I'm not going anywhere till I get that bread. I get to be able to feed my guests. I know that you have it. Please help me. The Lord is showing that persistence in prayer goes along with a sense of urgency and boldness. I don't mean rudeness. I don't mean arrogance, but I mean a boldness. And we're not trying to overcome God's reluctance to respond to our request, but we're being earnest and wholehearted in prayer until it's answered. Persistence is necessary. Now, I know that there are some name-it-and-claim-it preachers out there who will tell you, just speak it, pray it, and believe it. Don't mention it again to God. Well, that's not what he says. The Lord says something completely different in Luke 11 and Luke 18. I'm going to do what the Lord says, and I'm definitely not going to do what one of these name-it-and-claim-it preachers says. Persistence can be translated as importunity, over-boldness, shamelessness. It refers to a shameless boldness more than to tenacity. Simple prayer. Lord, I know that you can do this. I know that you will do this. And I believe and I receive. And until I get it, so I can give a testimony to you, I'm going to keep reminding you of it. We're supposed to be bold. We're supposed to believe. We're supposed to know that he's as good as his word. Psalm 55, verse 1, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Psalm 143, verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me and in your righteousness. Remember I said we're under attack. We're always in danger. Well, our safety lies in consistently resisting the attack with prayer. When people come to me and they're under assault and they don't know what to do, first thing I'll ask them, how's your prayer life? How are you praying right now? What are you praying? Don't you think you ought to pray some more? I'm asking you that question if you're listening. Don't you think you ought to pray more? You see, when we stop pushing back, when we stop praying, the enemy overwhelms us. Andrew Murray says, Our great danger in this school of the answer delayed is the temptation to think, after all, it may not be God's will to give us what we ask. If our prayer be according to God's word and under the leading of the Spirit, let us not give way to those fears. Let us learn to give God time. God needs time with us. If we only give him time, that is time in the daily fellowship with himself, for him to exercise the full influence of his presence on us, and time day by day in the course of our being kept waiting for faith to prove its reality and to fill our whole being, he himself will lead us from faith to vision. We will see the glory of God. Let no delay shake your faith of faith. It holds good, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Each believing prayer brings a step nearer to the final victory. Each believing prayer helps to ripen the fruit and brings us nearer to it. It fills up the measure of prayer and faith known to God alone 
It conquers the hindrances in the unseen world. It hastens the end. Let me say this to you, and this is a word the Lord spoke to me. Stop thinking you're not good enough. Stop thinking that you can't. Stop thinking and believing and accepting everything that was said about you when you were growing up. You're not smart. You're not this. You're not that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And you can do all things through him who loves you. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than enough. You're more than worthy. So I bless you right now with a healed mind, a healed heart, a healed soul and spirit to be all that you need to be in him, to live the life that he wants you to live in him. Luke 11, verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to us. Seek and keep on seeking, and you'll find it. Knock and keep knocking, and the door will be open. Persistent, bold. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently receives, and he who keeps on seeking persistently finds. And to him who keeps on knocking persistently, the door will be opened. Oh, Lord, we so need this right now. And in that scripture, the, the, about asking, seeking, and knocking, the Greek uh, present imperatives, it emphasizes persistent, constant prayer. Prayer and interaction with the Holy Spirit prepares you for things to come. The reason I can see and hear in the Spirit, the reason the Lord says what he says to me and shares what he shares with me, is I'm always talking to him. I'm always listening to him. And it's not like he just randomly tells me stuff. He constantly reminds me that I am on a need-to-know basis. And if I don't need to know, he's not going to tell me. So if he's telling me something, it means I need to know it, to prepare for it, to pray for it, to stand in the gap. 1 Thessalonians 5, starting verse 1. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day, capital D, day of the Lord, should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons and daughters of the light and sons and daughters of the day. For we're not of the night nor of the darkness, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah who for us, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. We know the times and the seasons by his word and by his spirit. And when we pray, we get a clearer sense of things and can see prophetically. Oh, yes, we can see it in the world around us. We see the natural signs, but then the Spirit 
has to confirm that what we're seeing is what he's doing. See there in 1 Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking of Messiah's coming, the judgment, and the uncertainty of the time in which it shall take place and the careless state of sinners. See, we're the children of the light. We should be watching and praying, putting on the armor of God, saved by grace. He died, rose again, sits at the right hand of the Father. So whether we die or we fly, when the day of judgment comes, we shall live forever with him. And that should comfort and edify us in our thoughts. Which takes us back to First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Messiah Yeshua for you. Okay, use my example. It's been a tough couple of days walking around with my walking stick, with my beard, looking like Moses, looking for a seat apart. Well, I know that he allowed it, for whatever reason, to show me what caused it so that when everything pops off and we're running and gunning for the Lord spiritually, it won't happen again because I can be proactive against those things that are wrong with me physically. Could he heal me? Sure. Hopefully he will. But I'll tell you what, he did it with Paul. He did it with a lot of great men and women of God. He uses certain things to keep us humble so that we don't rely on our physical strength. So rejoice always. Be always happy. Happy about your relationship with the Lord. If you've got God in your life, constantly rejoice. You have a father. I didn't have a father for most of my life. I have an Abba father. I have a heavenly father. Rejoice always in the Lord. And this joy comes from interaction and relationship in what? In prayer, which means pray without ceasing. You're dependent upon your heavenly Father for everything. Tell him that when you're praying. Lord, I'm hopeless without you. I can't do this without you. If you don't answer this prayer and deliver this need or deliver the provisions, I'm dead in the water. But I know that your spirit The wind of your spirit will hit my sails at the right time and will go. Without him, you can do nothing. Understand that. Feel that dependence. Acknowledge it. Embrace it. And you'll always be in a spirit of prayer. And those who feel that spirit will be found exercising prayer. Because prayer is an exercise. The more you do it, the better you get at it. The, the more you do it, the stronger you get. In the Greek, pray without ceasing means pray without intermission. An attitude of prayer throughout the day. Not just in corporate worship settings or personal quiet times. Anywhere, anytime, no matter what. Try it. In everything, give thanks. For this reason, all things work together for good to them that love God. Therefore, every occurrence may be a subject of gratitude and thankfulness. If you live to God, both prosperity and adversity will be equally available to you. Don't forget the adversity part. Fallen world, fallen world system, kingdom of darkness. There's going to be some adversity. For this is the will of God, that we should always be happy. That you should ever be in a spirit of prayer, continually grateful, obedient, in everything, in all things, even when it seems against us. 
And there have been some days when you can feel beat down, when you can think, well, God, I know you can. I just don't know if you will for me. That's the enemy. He'll get in your mind. He'll say things and get you to repeat it. Immediately repent. Say, no, I know you. Your word tells me about you. I know you in my heart. I know what you've done for me. And the best way to get out of that is to go back to basics. I love you, Lord, with all my heart with all my mind, with all my strength, with everything that is within me, and I know that you love me. And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, Romans eight twenty eight. Listen to me, please, please hear me. The days are coming and now are where you're going to not be able to do anything but pray. We're like World War II when they were bombing London and the Germans bomb after bomb after bomb, blitzkrieg, tanks rolling over cities. It was just incessant. In those moments, you can't lose hope. You have to pray. You have to stand. You have to believe. You have to know who he is. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. Listen to me. I am of the point. Larry and I were talking about this the other day, how fooled I was my whole life, how deceived I was. And now I understand from having studied it and talked about it for over a decade on Reflections in the Dark. And even though we don't do the show anymore, I still save the files and I still look and I still see that it's all been a con job. There's been demonic fingerprints over everything. But the one thing I can do is I can trust in the one who sits on the throne. I can believe in the one who will come back and judge the living and the dead. There is no man or woman or political system or a plan or anything that can help me. Incessant prayer and supplication for us and all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord comes from love. Remember I said, Lord, I love you. If I love him, I have to love my brothers and sisters. Share this post on Facebook the other day. I've always had a love for animals, especially dogs and horses. And living in New York City, the horse part was very difficult. But I used to go to a ranch camp every year, and I, I used to go camping, and I, I'd love to ride horses when I could. And I've made up for the dog thing, and I know sometime soon I'll make up for the horse thing. I've always loved his creatures. People, not so much. I've had to learn. I've had to be delivered of the hurt feelings and the, all the things. Because if you can say, I don't like people, I don't love people, you can't serve him. Listen to me. You can't say, I love God, but you don't love your brother and your sister. You can't say, I love the Lord, but you don't love that downtrodden, demon-possessed person. You can't do it. If we love him, we love each other. And we want the best for each other. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. He's telling me, tell my son and my daughter, I haven't heard from them in a while. I need to hear from them. Not to be afraid. I already know what they've done and what they've been doing. I've been watching and waiting. He wants to be in a constant dialogue with us. Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3, which is very similar to Psalm 55, 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. 
my voice. You shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. My voice you will hear in the morning. Baruch atah aranai. Eloheinu melech Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I do that when I'm outside with the dogs. I don't know what my neighbors think because it's usually about 6 a.m. in the morning. Hopefully it inspires them spiritually, not to call the police, but he's going to hear my voice in the morning. He's going to hear it in the night watches. He's going to hear it every chance that I have something to say to him. Because I understand Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He knows where you've come from. He knows what you've done. But he looks at your heart. And if you seek him, you will find him. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says prayer. It's communication with God. Primarily offered in the second person voice addressing God directly. May include petition, entreaty, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, hymns, and lament. The earliest Hebrew prayers are simple, spontaneous petitions, requests, and praises, stemming from a conversational intimacy with Yahweh and included spontaneous and unfiltered requests. Over time, and I'll add unfortunately, prayer evolved into more fixed and liturgical forms. With the advent of the temple and the priesthood, prayer began to take on more formal, liturgical, and standardized forms. He does not want that. It'd be like my kids coming to me and saying, Father, Mr. Grand Reverend Grant, it's your son. I'm I'm here to talk to you about No. Hey Dad. What's up, son? Can we talk? Absolutely. You got a minute? All the minutes you need. Teachings about and examples of prayer in the New Testament stem from these Jewish roots, yet they contain invocations introduced by Yeshua and the early Christian community. The most notable developments are prayer in the name of Yeshua and, of course, the introduction of the Lord's Prayer. This is the Luke 11 version. When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. We also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Abba, Father. See, what, he, what the Lord did by giving us the Lord's Prayer, our first concern is God, His kingdom, His glory, and then our need for forgiveness, for daily support, for deliverance. And this wasn't, l- l- let's be real here. Prayer isn't just specific to God's children. Prayers and petitions were made to pagan gods as well. When I was involved in the occult, when I was involved in witchcraft, there were petitions, there were formal prayers, there were things that you would say, rituals and incantations that the demons would respond to, the fallen angels would respond to. But see, prayer with them was... Less optimistic, let's be real. And 
they were essentially indifferent to the people praying to them. So you learn that when you come out of the darkness, when you come out of the occult, the first thing you realize is how much they actually hate you. Psalm 3, verse 4, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. The Holman Bible Dictionary says prayer is a dialogue between God and his people, especially his covenant partners. The new covenant allows you direct access to him in the throne room. So let's pray. Let's pray for ourselves. Let's pray for others. Whether you have a need or whatever it is you're praying for, maybe you're praying for someone's salvation, someone's healing, someone's deliverance, understand that he's a rewarder. Read Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he or she who comes to God must believe that he is. He is what? He is God. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A direct petition. A short, sharp cry of, of the heart in distress. I've done those. From brokenness. From hurt. Psalm 30, verse 2. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. All prayer and supplication in the Spirit, always, always what? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually, continuing steadfastly in prayer, Romans twelve twelve, Philippians 4, starting verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah, Yeshua. And then this prayer, doing what I just said in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, will allow you to fulfill verse 8, which says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Where? In the Spirit. Everywhere. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is. Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Romans 8.27, Amplified Version. Oh, did I forget to say prayer has got to line up with God's will? Ephesians 5.17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 1.9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Psalm 143, verse 10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. The central aspect of his will is that we be faithful in obedience. If we ever fall short in prayer, it's because we lack understanding. The effectiveness of our prayers comes from the Holy Spirit through us. You can't do it without Him. We may not know what to say, but we know what the intent is without knowing the content. Those who love God are, in fact, those who are called by God. Our love is our response to the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We're called according to his purpose. His purpose is redemption. That's where it starts and goes from there. And the Holy Spirit magnifies and glorifies in no one else but the Lord. And he edifies us, builds us up in the process.
Perseverance and patience in prayer are vital. They're essential. So God will respond when we faithfully pursue this intimate dialogue with him. And prayer will lead to a greater communion with the Lord, with God, and a greater understanding of his will. And then you'll be able to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To know him and his will, you must pray without ceasing and be in a constant, personal, intimate dialogue with him. Father, I come to you in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. Yes, Lord, I know I was already there, but I'm... Okay, you called me out on it. Okay, you got me. We're already there. All formality aside. We'd like to spend some time with you. We'd like to hear your voice. We long to see you face to face, to hug your neck, smell the incense of the throne room on your clothing and your beard. But until that time, we have to do it through the Holy Spirit. Your sons and your daughters, Lord, they're desperate for what we're talking about. So I pray that every hindrance, every blockage, everything that is keeping them from having what we've talked about tonight be shattered by the name and the power and the authority of Yeshua. Let all the walls come down. Let all the prison doors fly open. Let them be enveloped in your presence. Let them be filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for our family members that don't know you. We pray that they would be born again. Born from above. Names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So that no matter what happens, they'll spend eternity with you. And whether we we die naturally or we fly supernaturally, it's all about being with you. But until then, you've commissioned a job that we are to tarry, we are to occupy, we are to stand against the powers of darkness, we are to destroy the work of the enemy, lay hands on the sick, pray for people, and they'll recover, set them free of demonic bondage, love on them, really really love on them. And Lord, I start there to the brokenhearted. I pray that that balm of Gilead from the throne room would, would, would cover like a shepherd does. That oil he puts on the wounds of the flock would take away the pain and heal the scars and make them disappear. And Lord, have your way with us. Let us live this out. Let us pray without ceasing, Holy Spirit. Let this be a week, a dynamic, dunamis, explosive week in this spirit. In Yeshua's name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.